I'm Victoria Doherty, and welcome to the cold. Cold is the way revenge is best served, the way a war was fought, and the way a story should be told. And for our intents and purposes, it is the Storyteller's Church, um, mostly because we just we talk about it um, in a very spiritual way often on this show. We really pick it apart. We talk about everything from family lore to fiction. And also, because I often do um, record this on a Sunday, um, although this week I'm not. It's Thursday because I want this to be out for Father's Day. Since, since in this episode, we're going to be talking about making a man. And we... <laughs> Well, we'll be talking about it, obviously, from a from the point of view of a fiction writer, which I am. You know how I go about making a man on the page because I really do give it a lot of thought. I want um, I want the men that I create uh, that I have populate my novels to. <laughs> well, first, I mean, I want him to be a man that men would look up to, want to be around, and I also want him to be a man that um, that women want to be with, you know, as a friend or a lover or, you know, a father or a brother. I, 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 in short, I want my men to feel real. Certainly if it's a protagonist, it's much more of a, a sort of heroic lover, right, that, that you want. You want him to be a man that uh, men look up to and that women want, want, basically. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in terms of all of the types of male characters, ultimately, I want them to be compelling and relatable. You know, I want the men who read my stories, uh, you know, who are mostly interested in my thrillers, um, to, you know, nod their heads as they read and say, yes, yes, I, this is, this is a man. This is a man um, who I believe. And even, you know, when creating a villain, you know, a you want a villain to be terrifying, obviously, to um, be riveting, to be compelling for uh, for a number of reasons. But I think one of the things that makes a villain really, really compelling is if that villain is relatable. If even in a small way, you can put yourself, you know, imagine, um, really imagine yourself, uh, you know, not, maybe not doing what he is doing, but, um, but understanding why he's doing it. And that in and of itself, I think, uh, is, goes so far in um, creating someone who is memorable as well as terrifying. Now, <laughs> probably the person who has most affected my ability to write a compelling and true-to-life male character, at least my male readers tell me that, I, that I'm, I'm 
that I do a pretty good job of that. I don't always, obviously, but um, I really have to hand a lot of that credit over to my son because <laughs> being his mother has taught me so much about men and boys, even more than being a wife to my husband and my husband and I are close and I was, you know, very close to my grandfather and my brother and I've had very close male friends, but really nothing has quite done it the way, um, you know, raising a boy from infancy to manhood and my son did just turn 21. I mean, it has just been a mind-blowing experience. And it's funny because this week, um, you know, I was really just going to make this a big Father's Day post and talk about fathers. And I, I changed my mind because I was remembering a trip that my son and I took when he was 13. It was really to commemorate his 13th birthday. And um, it was a it was a trip to Prague in the Czech Republic, which is now sometimes called Czechia. Um, and that was also, you know, this was eight years ago, and it was also right when um, the Velvet Revolution was celebrating its 25th anniversary. Now, for those of you who might be a bit fuzzy about the Velvet Revolution and, and are not quite as into the Cold War as I am, you love the cold, but maybe not the Cold War quite as much, um, I'm going to give you a refresher course. The Velvet Revolution was a nonviolent series of demonstrations in Czechoslovakia that culminated in an end to 41 years of communist rule. Um, and it was followed by this peaceful conversion to a parliamentary republic. And it was truly one of democracy's great days. And one I can't look back upon without getting, you know, all verklempt. I mean, not a single shot was fired. So, I mean, that was just the perfect time <laughs> uh, to, To really start thinking about um, how how I wanted to navigate my son's um, coming manhood. Now, for those of you who don't have kids, I'm going to enlighten you a little bit about what it's like when the first one turns 13. Now, I'm sure you've heard, but 13 is when all the fun begins, or not. <laughs> And given all that was at stake, it was just crucial to me and my husband that we start the teen years off on the right track. And so we came to a conclusion um, that a mother-son trip back to the old country was in order. Now, this was a country that I only narrowly escaped being born in, which I like to remind my kids would have disqualified me from ever being president here in the U.S. And that little civics lesson is an added bonus. Um, I'm not going to lie, I was apprehensive about spending a week alone with my son on a tour that didn't involve any of the usual activities that he valued in a vacation at that time. You know, back, you know, when he was 13, it was things like beaches and fishing and a lot of lounging around. Um, well, even a video game or two, right? 
And a trip to the Czech Republic is a very adult vacation. It's one filled with history and family. And in this case, it was one infused with work. Um, my son not only got to watch me perform a reading of my first novel, The Bone Church, which is a Cold War thriller. Um, this was at a Prague bookstore that my friends used to own. But he also listened in as I furnished a very lengthy interview to Prague Radio that included a good deal of rather delicate family information he'd never heard before. Now, I knew our week would be jam-packed, exhausting, you know, utterly alien to him. And my hope was that my son could walk away from our week in Prague with something of his mother to take with him through his more challenging years during a time when he'd be breaking away from my loving embrace, you know, as he should, and taking his own counsel or the advice of his friends over mine, as from time to time, at least, he also should, you know, and well, it was a time when I knew he'd be springing, swelling, sometimes snowballing into the man he would become. You know, I knew from my own experience to that, well, that whether he was ready or not, I wanted to introduce him to a lot of very complicated family content at that time. I mean, in my own crazy Cold War family, I saw how vital it was to address important, scary, complex, and adult issues, although it was not a philosophy um, of my parents necessarily or my grandparents. This is just who they were, and this is just what they talked about at the dinner table. Um, They never shielded us from the existence of death or evil or all manner of barbarity. And in fact, these issues were talked about in great detail at my dinner table as I was coming of age. And those tales, you know, (laughs) far from scarring me, they really did nothing but deepen my empathy and enrich my understanding of humanity. Even if they did disturb me, disturb, excuse me, me, and keep me up at night, you know, and make me cry. (laughs) The world is a beautiful mess, you know, and um, I was really never too shielded from it. It was never cleaned up for me very much, and I think that's been a very positive force in my life. I mean, it has certainly enriched my life as a writer. But back to our trip to Prague. I really viewed it as a launching pad for my son's young manhood and as a vehicle for our relationship to make that adjustment, you know, for mommy and me. Well, even if he hadn't called me mommy in a really long time at that point, but you know, to just like me and mom. And our relentless, almost psychedelic trip to Prague came on with this gale force wind because it began with us catching this Czech film being made. It was it was about the Prague Spring in uh, which took place in 1968, or rather, was it 67? Good Lord, 68, I think. Um, and so we were there as it was being shot, and it, it was such a lucky break because we ran into this film crew as we strolled around Vinohrady, which is a you know a, a, a part of Prague, and um, it was where we were staying. And we got to pose for pictures in front of these vintage cars and tanks and actors costumed in all of this late 1960s groovery and fog machines. Now, 
We walked till our feet ached. We trolled the castle dungeon and its accompanying torture museum. And we shopped for souvenirs on the Charles Bridge. I let my son ask me anything he wished about marriage and sex and about our friends who had gotten divorced and why. And he even got the opportunity to hear his grandfather tell the story of um, his and my mother's defection. How, like in the movies, you know, my father found himself crawling in the grass only to come nose to toe with a pair of heavy black boots and then to look up into the eyes of a border guard and into the barrel of a gun. That was a first for me too, because I'd only heard the story from my mother's point of view, which was quite different. I also took my son to my mother's village to stay with family friends who were just so kind to us. And we strolled around my father's old family farm, which, you know, part of which had recently been sold to a brewer. It was this sprawling and once stately place that had been in our care since before the American Revolution. And now this this big part of it, including the manor house, was gone and was in someone else's hands. Now at home, my son dresses like his friends, which is like terribly. I mean, I mean, truly, at least back then he did, right? Like with unkempt hair and, you know, pants that were either too big or too small and dirty underwear. I mean, he was just a sartorial disgrace at 13 and he knew it, you know, part of the herd mom, he'd say. But in Prague, he allowed himself to look great. His hair was washed and finger styled and his clothes were neat and masculine. And he even let my friend Beth um, dress him in this like vintage coat and tails with a tie pin um, for a night on the town. And as he stared at himself in the mirror, he saw the man he would be one day, the man he is today. Wow, he said, I look good. And on our last night, I took him to an authentic French burlesque show. Along with my two equally middle-aged girlfriends, Nancy and Beth, we dressed him up, we teased him, we let him take a ceremonial sip of beer and educated him about the style of theater he was viewing. And don't worry, moms and dads, it was all very tastefully done. You know, he'd seen more skin on his friend's moms um, at our local pool than he did at this, you know, very chic and sophisticated burlesque show. You know, most importantly, he just loved that while he was the youngest one there, he still wasn't treated like a kid. And I remember as our our plane was taxiing down the runway, the next morning, my son looked out the window and he said, come on, mom, on the count of three, goodbye, Prague, we'll miss you. And I swear my heart skipped a beat. You know, back then I was hoping that Our son's passage from boyhood to manhood would be as peaceful as the Velvet Revolution. And that the inevitable transfer of power (laughs) would go without bloodshed or police intervention or or too many tears. My hopes were for naught (laughs) because there were plenty of tears. And that's just kind of the way it goes. But even then, you know, as I was looking at that, I knew I didn't want it to be too easy for him or too easy for us because we just don't grow that way, or at least we don't grow enough. Sometimes we need the trouble of a rough and tumble journey in order to become anyone worthwhile. 
a guy a girl can depend on, a friend can respect, and a child can look up to. You just, you don't become that man without having to defend yourself or others, without breaking a heart or having a heart broken for that matter. And the hardest part, at least for a mother, is that this is a journey that for the most part, a boy has to make on his own terms. And he did, and it was hard. But as I look back at that seminal trip when he was 13, one that frankly he hardly even remembers anymore, he just kind of remembers bits and pieces of it, you know, like a slideshow, which just breaks my heart. But, you know, I look at how much of that trip is part of his character today even in something as simple as the way he dresses, because my son is a really great dresser, you know? I mean, he definitely has a very cowboy style. You know, he's not like, you know, dapper, but but he just looks great and he cares about how he looks and he really thinks about it. And he also um, has great taste in music and is interested in history and art and all the things that frankly he really wasn't very interested in before age 13 but but that i think did really settle in during that trip and i think about um how when i approach my fiction it's actually very much like Um, the way I approached raising my son, how I, even, you know, when I do my research, when I travel, which is incredibly (laughs) rare at this point, but when I travel to go see a place that I'm going to be um, describing, my characters are going to be inhabiting, um, sometimes I do that traveling on YouTube, which is just fine, but um, I really do try to immerse my characters in a particular world as much as I'm immersing myself and then guide them along kind of like the way that um, I approached raising my son. So happy Father's Day to all the men out there Um, and to all the writers out there May the men you create come alive on the page. And to all the mothers out there, may the men you create be men you want to unleash on the world. That you are just proud to unleash on the world and who make a real contribution to all of our lives. For those of you who are interested in the Radio Prague interview, I will definitely put a link in the show notes um, as well as the usual links. And also to those of you who are enjoying the cold, I ask that you please hit the follow button. And um, also, if you would be so kind as to leave a starred review, if you're enjoying your listening experience, that means just so much. your word of mouth, your attention, talking about this with your friends, letting other people know that means everything to a creator, to a writer, to a podcaster, to all of us. And um, your efforts in this regard and spreading the word about cold have really been just so appreciated by me. 
So um, in any case, have a wonderful weekend. Be good to the dads in your life and stay cold, my friends. Thank you.